I've never met somebody who is both grateful and authentic who's not happy. So many women, especially, we look outside of ourselves to things that will give us expansion. Yeah. When the freedom we just want is in allowing ourselves to choose our alignment. The most spiritual, sexy, intoxicating thing on the planet is spiritual power, is being in your sacred authority. Welcome. I'm Alyssa Nobriga, your host of the Healing and Human Potential podcast, a place for you to discover the multidimensionality of what it means to be human. Over the past 20 years, I've trained thousands of coaches in my methodology, leveraging my experience as a former psychotherapist, and I'm here to share with you all the wisdom and insights that I've learned along the way. Each week, I'll share with you life-changing tools to support you in awakening and manifesting your dream life from the inside out. We'll be exploring the intersection between ancient wisdom and modern everyday life, really diving deep into the art of human potential through the lens of psychology, spirituality, and coaching. Let's let the magic unfold. Kathy Heller is a best-selling author, runs a spiritually based business that is eight figures, and is a top-rated podcaster where she every week inspires thousands of people to find what their passion is, make an impact, and do what they love. With over 40 million downloads to her podcast and incredible guests like Matthew McConaughey, Jenna Fisher, Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, Howard Schultz from Starbucks, and so many more. She's a phenomenal leader for spiritual seekers, entrepreneurs, and creatives that want to share their gifts and make a bigger impact in the world. Oftentimes, Kathy says that purpose is the opposite of depression, and she's truly making an impact to help you live your most happiest, most aligned life. Kathy, I am so honored and excited to have you on the podcast to share your medicine with my community. I just want to say we went on a hike recently and I just fell in love with you three hours and it felt timeless and I wanted to keep diving in. And one of the things that I love most about you is your heart, your ability to really see people, to help them feel safe in your presence. Like you really see beyond the story of their accomplishments or lack thereof. You really help whether you're collaborating with a big shot celebrity or you are meeting a stranger on the street, you really see people's wholeness equally. And I am curious about your ability to see through the illusion of hierarchy. I've left that hike really moved by that. And it's a big thing that I stand for. And I think sometimes we can forget that in our society. And I would love to hear just how you hold just really seeing people in their essence beyond who they think they are. Oh my gosh. First of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me, for wrapping me in this beautiful, loving light. Um, and I'm so glad you got that. What a cool thing to get. Yeah. Um, so I wish I could give everybody a pair of virtual reality glasses <laughs> that would actually show them what's real. Yeah. Like not metaphorical, but actual. Yeah. Which is that we see with our eyes typically a very separate world, mm -hmm. right? But the world isn't like mm -hmm. that. And so we both know, because we've looked sort of into this matrix a little bit, that what Einstein said is like, there's not 3D, there's not three dimensions, there's actually 10. Mm. But when you're walking down the street, you're seeing everything in three dimensions just because your eye actually sees things in cubes, right? So it sees mm. and perceives things as though they're separate. When really everything, 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 everything is just vibration. So the only thing happening is 
where somebody is vibrationally. The yeah. only real power is spiritual power. So that's where when you're looking with those lenses, mm -hmm. then you're tuned in to the real reality, which is all always was. You just weren't perceiving it. Mm -hmm. And just because you weren't perceiving it doesn't mean it wasn't there. You just weren't perceiving it. So mm -hmm. when I was 20, I went to Jerusalem and I thought I was going to be studying Jewish mysticism and Kabbalah for the summer with this very holy family rabbi and his wife. She's an astrologer. She does handwriting analysis. She's also very Kabbalistic. And he's like this deep, beautiful, real Kabbalist master. And they live in the old city of Jerusalem in King David's city. And I was there for three years. So studying and sitting at the well that is their beauty and truth and mm -hmm. wisdom and love and perception, mm -hmm. that gave me a, an expanded view of consciousness and, mm -hmm. and what is. And so when I came to Los Angeles, of all places, Los yeah. Angeles, <laughs> after being in that vortex, yeah. the only thing I was reading was energy. So I was just reading mm -hmm. how much energy is in this, how much energy mm -hmm. is in this person, how much energy, how much resistance is here, how much expansion mm -hmm. is here. So to me, the most impressive thing mm -hmm. is how much of a vessel, how much of a capacity do you have for flow right, for dropping in, for connection, mm -hmm. for being connected out of the avatar into the infinite. Mm -hmm. So then it doesn't matter to me if the person's an Uber driver mm -hmm. or the president of Sony Studios mm -hmm. or a presidential candidate or my next door neighbor. Because yeah. again, I'm going to be assessing it by what's real, which is how much how much is here, how, yeah. much, how much resonance, how much is this resonating. Mm -hmm. And we can all start to tune into that yeah and then it makes it not only um does it make it that you can make quantum leaps in your life because you're moving through the energetic plane rather than through some linear understanding mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. who's who's where based on follower accounts or where they went to college or how much money they have right you're just moving in the quantum but also um you get to access what's most impressive about you which is being someone and what does that mean? My rabbi said it so well, Rabbi David Aaron. He said this to me. He's like, to really be someone is to be some of the one. Yeah. So that means you don't wear this somebody suit because you're really someone. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's about. And that allows me, yeah, to just move toward those who really have what to offer mm -hmm. and the offer is always in the energy. So yeah. I've met a lot of people who are all over the different maps, in, including people with status or no status, followers or no followers, wealth or no wealth. And it's so not mutually exclusive. Like it's usually not a correlation at all, mm -hmm. whether or not they're in their own spiritual sacred authority and they have what to give. Ooh, right. Yeah. And sacred. so that's why mm -hmm. just having that, gave me my wings. Mm -hmm. Like I came to LA and I was like, oh, I okay. see you. Uh -huh. I got you. Yeah. And like, we're good. Yeah. Right. Because it's all really in what we can always have access to. Mm -hmm. We all have access to the Wi-Fi. Yeah. We just don't Equally. always even know how to plug into it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know that, so I love this. So it's like really looking at things through the perception of 
energetics sure. and knowing that we're all whole. We're all equally yeah. the same. Some of us are just have stronger Wi-Fi connection because we've done some of the work to clear the clouds, to remove some of the fear and the static on the line. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what are some of the practices that you use to help keep that wattage high, to see yeah. more clearly? Um, so meditation is an everyday thing, yeah, right? Meditation is so great, right? Because, and it's silly for me on some level to say words to you because I'm telling you the words that you know, but it's fun to have the back and forth and there's people maybe who will hear it differently or hear it again. And Mm -hmm. we learn through repetition. So that's how we learn the ABCs. And so with total respect to everything that you are, I'll just say it out loud (laughs) what I do in the morning. Yeah. Um, which is to be in that witness place, right? Mm-hmm. To be in the witness consciousness, um, which is where I go back to the real I am. Because I am Kathy Heller is, she's a trip. I mean, she's an avatar <laughs> and she has all kinds of patterns, right? And yeah. I've I've become like the ultimate software developer because I change her program pretty consistently and I witness what she's up to, mm-hmm. right? And so... Um, that's a gorgeous place to be because uh, when you're in that place of meditation, you're nobody, no time and nowhere, right? We mm-hmm. collapse time and space mm-hmm. and uh, we connect with God. We connect with the source of all source, this infinite field, this infinite light, which is because it is indeed infinite. There's no place it isn't. That's right. Which means we can just connect to that flow. Through everything, every thought, every feeling, every experience, it's always now when we go deeper into the dimension of our being. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And so there, meditation is a, it's a practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing, actually, because when I first started meditation, I had the same uh, things that were hard that other people have when they begin because I had a complete misunderstanding of what it was, Ooh. right? It was like, my mind's moving. And it's like, correct, like, Hopefully, as long as you're in this physical body, your heart will beat and it won't stop and your mind will always move and it won't stop. And you're like, oh, I'm not trying to get it to stop. No, you're trying to notice it. That's Okay. So that was amazing. And then really... I think that's important to pause on, like to witness the mind rather than stop thinking, which we can't. The thoughts happen like digestion. So to observe the mind rather than getting absorbed by it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're watching a blizzard, Mm -hmm. looking out through a window at Mm -hmm. a storm rather than being in the storm where every thought then is experienced. Because the thing about thoughts, as we know, is like thoughts are not separate they every single thing you think you feel on a cellular level mm-hmm. right because every thought creates a chemical release in the brain and then you wind up living this groundhog day existence every single day because you think the way you thought yesterday which makes you feel the way those thoughts felt which makes you vibrate a certain way which mm-hmm. then makes you perceive reality a certain way and makes reality perceive you a certain way and now you're just in the loop mm-hmm. but when you start to meditate you go oh that's so fascinating mm-hmm. i And one thing that I've been taught to do at some point was to ask myself, I wonder what Kathy's next thought will be. And then you realize, oh, I'm the one witnessing that thought. Oh, that's really who I am. Mm -hmm. And then there's this part of you, like Deepak Chopra said to me, you know, say, I am Kathy Heller three times. So I said that. He goes, now just say, I'm Kathy three times. Does that feel different? I said, it does. He goes, right, because the stories are different. Mm -hmm. And then he said, just say, I am three times. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the I am... 
now you come back to that which you're always seeking. Because all we're really seeking is the connection to a greater expanded perception of our consciousness. In fact, everything we want, we don't want a pile of things. We want the sponsored vibration that we believe is in that thing, in that achievement. And so when we can find access to that in our own company, Mm -hmm. in our own beingness, Mm -hmm. right? And this Mm -hmm. is what we talked about Mm -hmm. this on the hike. So yes, I definitely practice that. Um, I also practice memorizing my way to flow. So that's an interesting thing that I've, and I'm sure you, you might not call it what I call it. Maybe you probably do, but it re- either way, you probably have this experience. And yeah. what do I mean? I mean that sometimes people think that if you have a meditation practice or you're a spiritual person, person then you're not a doer, you're a being. Yeah. <laughs> so what's interesting is when you're in flow, when you're in a flow state and there's so much science about being in flow, mm-hmm. you're doing a lot, Yeah. right? Like if Jimi Hendrix is an example of that, he, he's getting downloads constantly, right? Mm-hmm. If Serena Williams is, a, she's, she's moving constantly. Mm-hmm. So, but what's cool about that is your life then becomes the, your life becomes a meditation because you're not in the overthinking and overanalyzing because you're, that's not, that's, that's the fight or flight trying to decide what you should do. And that's exhausting. And it's a way to try to keep us safe. It's the yeah, hypervigilance totally. is a trauma response. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I also practice in addition to meditation is just allowing myself um, to be in flow and then memorizing my way back to it. And I know when I'm not in it. And when I'm in it, I am unattached, right? Mm-hmm. I am unattached and just um, sort of like throwing seeds, like wildflowers to see what will sprout just with the um, like Jackson Pollock throwing paint on a, on a canvas, uh, because I'm in the creative mode. And that is a practice every single day. It's like, what would feel exciting? What am I leaning into? What's the expansion? Where would I throw seeds into this amazing fertile ground? And that in of itself sets your world on fire. Yeah. And so I find that a lot of people are so unwilling to let go of that control mm-hmm. and to be in the messy creativeness, but we came here to be creative beings. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big part of my practice. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, you get more and more courageous and more and more familiar with that and amazing things start to sprout. I have so many questions. So this, like, ener- is it energetically feeling into the flow? Is that how you mean it when you're memorizing your way? Is it Yeah, I mean, energy? you start to memorize when you are agitated and you, you know what that feels like. And you also know what it feels like when you're, you're not thinking you're just allowing. Yeah. You know what the difference is. It's yeah. like when you met your husband or, um, a perfect example. So when I started the podcast, I, um, had a, somebody asked me to go to podcast movement and this is like six and a half years ago. And so I had just started it and they had me speak in this like, like little room, not the big room, but a little room. And I, I gave a talk and I didn't have slides or anything because mm-hmm. I don't usually prepare. And the talk went fine. And then I asked somebody, so what do people do here? Like, why are people here? And she said, well, everybody's walking this lobby to meet the guy who runs Apple Podcasts. And I thought, why? I go, why? And she said, oh, because at that time, it still might be true. I haven't checked in a minute, but she said 75% of all listeners are coming through Apple. At least that was true then. Yeah. I think it still might be relatively true. 
So I said, uh, okay, so keep going, say more. She said, so they want to meet the guy who runs Apple Podcasts because if he were to feature you or you had a relationship with him, it could really do a lot for your show. And I had this feeling of, wow, this feels exhausting. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to do this. So Mm -hmm. as just an example of what I mean, I could feel, I could start to feel that that would feel uncomfortable to walk the lobby Mm -hmm. with this intention of being attached to meeting a person Mm -hmm. because he could do X and Y for me. So... I could feel that. That started to feel like, eh, yeah, this is like out of tune. So I decided we were in this giant lobby and there's all these people walking around. I could feel their attachment. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm so-and-so. Here's my card, whatever that feeling is. Yeah. And I just was allergic to it. It yeah. just didn't feel like flow yeah. at all. So I decided to leave the hotel. So I walked there was a conference center of like different hotels. So I walked from wherever we were, whether it was the Hilton, I think it was the Hilton. And I walked to like the Hyatt mm-hmm. and I walked to this other hotel and it was perfectly quiet. And I was like, oh, I feel like me again. Right. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and I ordered a nice tea and I was just breathing and there was beautiful music playing. And I was back in a moment of being present. Mm. I didn't need anything. I could just be satisfied with what was and be in the moment. I was like, all right, this is my stream. I'm here again. I'm crying. I didn't do this all the time. Mm-hmm. And sitting next to me was a guy reading a newspaper and he was wearing the same little badge. conference badge. Mm-hmm. And so um, he saw mine and he was like, it was crazy in there, right? And I was like, yeah, when things get to feel like that tight feeling, I tend to sort of like, you know, I can feel it. So I kind of, and he said, me me too. And I asked him where he was from. And he said he was from the Midwest and my husband's from Chicago. And we started talking about Midwesterners and just like what I love about that kind of culture. And we talked for 45 minutes and then he got up to leave and he handed me his card. And he said, where do you live? Because we were in Anaheim. And I said, I live in LA. And he goes, oh, you should come by the Apple offices. And uh, he said, here's my card. And he turns out he was the head of Apple podcast. So we became friends. I went to the Apple office twice and they featured my show nine times on the, not just the new and noteworthy, but like they would take an episode and feature it on the main carousel. Wow. And that happens in my life all the time from being aware of where I'm going into trying to predict something and force mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. versus let go. Yeah. Versus the most important thing, if everything is made of a vibration, is go back and find a place where you feel the most whole in this present moment. Yeah. Beautiful. So that's kind of a practice. Yeah. And it's amazing how overly we complicate things because we are convinced it can't be that easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that is the quantum leap, right? Moving from the quantum, not moving from a place of Trying to control your lack and separation, exactly. trying to force it to happen mm-hmm. in the physical world. But I'm hearing to really stay sourced in the energetics of what feels expansive and true, where you feel whole and it's already yeah. here. Yeah, totally. Imagine having a fulfilling career doing what you love, working from anywhere in the world, setting your own hours while making good money and a big impact. If that lights you up, then I'm super excited to share with you today's sponsor, the Institute for Coaching Mastery. This is my robust, accredited, year-long certification program for newer seasoned coaches, therapists, leaders, and those just looking to up-level their life in a profound way. 
We have an amazing community of students from all around the world who have really started their journey to expand with us both personally and professionally. And this experience is designed to give you the three things that you need to thrive. So first, you have all of the tools and support you need to move past what's been holding you back so that you can completely change the trajectory of your life. And then you learn how to masterfully and confidently facilitate transformation with your clients or your team, regardless of your niche, if you wanna do health, business, relationship, or you just have no idea yet, we hold your hand through that. And then lastly, you'll receive my six figure and beyond signature roadmap that's customizable to meet you wherever you are. So whether you wanna do high ticket sales, online marketing, or you just wanna hit six figures without ever needing to go on social media, we've got you covered. And this truly is the most rewarding work in the world. We have new students now who have a wait list of dream clients in under a year. We also have seasoned students who are doing $80,000 months. And this is really about creating lasting transformation from the inside out so that you can share your gifts and serve the world in all the ways that you're called to. And I've seen firsthand the power of what happens when you have the community to collaborate with, but you also have the right tools and resources to really thrive. And so whether you wanna do your own personal development, you're wanting to become a coach, or you're just looking for a cutting edge approach to really grow your business, the Institute for Coaching Mastery is for you. You are held every single step of the way. And so if you wanna get behind the scenes access to the Institute with three proven transformational tools for free to help you create the business and life you love, all you have to do is go to alissanobriga.com forward slash tools, or you can find us at alissanobriga.com forward slash apply now to see all the details and apply today. And I'm just imagining, and I love, I talk about surrendered action, this high involvement, yeah, low attachment. So and I wonder for people that feel fear or doubt or worry. So would your encouragement be to just like let or witness that mind, that part of the mind and come back to what feels nourishing in the moment? Or is it to also work with some of the shadow or some of the parts of ourselves that come up? I think it's both. I right? I think that there's so much power in awareness. Yeah. You know, just being aware like, wow, I'm in a whole story right now. You know, wow. You know, putting a question mark at the end of your thoughts as you, you know, we both know the work of Byron Katie and all of that, yeah. right? The inquiry. But I think you, you, you can't not see that stuff, right? Because mm -hmm. it's the awareness of it is going to help you. Sort of like my mindfulness teacher used to say, if you walk into an apartment and it's midnight and it's your apartment, you open the door, even if there's no lights on, you won't walk into the cat's water bowl because you know it's there. Mm -hmm. But if it's not your apartment and somebody gave you a key and you walked in and there were no lights on, you'll, you'll trip over it. Mm -hmm. The awareness itself, right, is so powerful. Mm -hmm. So I do think we need to be aware of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I think we need to spend time, um, right in this moment feeling full, mm -hmm. um, because there's an amazing Tibetan proverb about the ghosts with the insatiable bellies. Mm -hmm. And that is what they consider the hell realm. Right. Yeah. And it's this dis description of these ghosts that have these giant bellies that are never satisfied and they only drink through a tiny, tiny straw like hole. Mm -hmm. And every moment is this deep feeling of craving and this deep, deep feeling of lack and what's not there. Yeah. And so 
we practice that all the time, mm-hmm. right? And if, in fact, the reason we want whatever we want to be featured on Apple Podcasts, why do we want that? Well, there's a feeling we associate with that, which is, I think that'll make me feel successful or whole or expanded in some way. So what we really want is the sexy feeling of expansion, yeah, right? And when we feel in the now reality, in the now moment, this feeling of fullness and expansion, we begin to 3D print in the material world a reflection of that. And so anytime you can be aware that you're feeling separate from what you crave, Mm -hmm. you're just pushing it away. Mm -hmm. But coming back to a higher feeling of vibration, you'll start to print it in your actual life. And then you won't even need it so much because you already have what it is that you thought it would give you. That's right. I have a tool in my certification program called the direct path. And it's essentially taking out the middleman. So it's like if we want these goals so that then we feel this way, it's about letting go of being a victim to the goal so that we can access that within us. And you're right. We take more bold action towards it, but we're less attached because we're connected to what it's already giving us. It's not. That's it. It's not about out there at a future time. Yeah. Totally. I mean, as we said before, the most spiritual, sexy, intoxicating thing on the planet is spiritual power, mm-hmm. is being in your sacred authority, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think about a vision in my mind of like a French girl riding her bike down the street in the south of France with like sweaty, messy hair and a baguette in her basket. And you're like, why does that in- evoke this feeling of sexiness? It's like she's already, she is the party because mm-hmm. she's in her own company. Mm-hmm. She's in her own skin, mm-hmm. right? And that's, I've never met somebody who is both grateful and authentic who's not happy. Mm-hmm. So many women, especially including myself, spend so much time not being authentic because we're so codependent. And that's usually where we we look outside of ourselves to things that will give us expansion. Yeah. When the freedom we just want is in allowing ourselves to choose our alignment, mm-hmm. to feel into receiving more, mm-hmm. to allow ourselves to say yes when we mean yes and no when we mean no. And to delight in how freeing it feels to let ourselves be who we are and let mm-hmm. people choose to like us or not and let mm-hmm. that be okay and not mm-hmm. try to control the way they perceive us. Mm-hmm. Like all of that is usually seriously what's keeping us from 3D printing our reality. Yeah. Because that's what's usually making us feel really small because mm-hmm. we don't feel authentic. Mm-hmm. We don't even feel like it's a choice mm-hmm. because we're trying to make everybody happy and all of that stuff. So that and also that makes us so resentful that it's hard to be grateful because we feel so disempowered Mm -hmm. and we feel like it's not even our right to choose what would bring us delight and joy, even though it's sitting right here. Like I could just pick up this cup of water. We have this belief that we can't have it. Yeah. And then that makes us feel resentful and sad. And I, I, one of the things that I love, and I really hold both um, healing and human potential equally. I, I hold both equally. So What I mean by that is I think sometimes people will use affirmations as a way to avoid feeling Mm -hmm. something, and that's a whole bypass. And to really, ironically, embrace the very thing that we're afraid of as a sensation, not a story, but if I don't feel good enough, can I breathe into and welcome that part of me, not identified with it? And ironically, as I embrace that part that doesn't feel good enough, I feel whole. And so it's in in the willingness to feel those things with presence, without identifying, without judging them. So acceptance and presence. 
it starts to integrate. And as we do that, it's easier then to drop into the field of pure potential, what it is we desire, and wake up to the fact that it's already been here. Our ego is just sold something that we already are, that we already have. Yeah, and I think it's so good to share that, what you just said. It gives people just this giant permission slip because um, my teacher used to say, when you wake up in the morning, have a cup of tea and invite all the aspects of you mm-hmm. to have tea with you, mm-hmm. the parts that are brave, mm-hmm. the parts that are broken, mm-hmm. the part that's a liar, the part that self-sabotages, the part that is so courageous, so fierce, all of it, mm-hmm. right? And we're only as sick as our secrets. And it's the shame that's keeping us from all that we want, right? Yeah. And um, I think it's important to name that out loud. Like the breakthrough is not in denying what's there, yeah, but in just being like, I roll out the welcome mat to you because- the truth is that those who have a capacity, just like a pendulum will swing as far in one direction, which gives it the capacity to be then f- go in the other direction to the same, same extent. Mm-hmm. The people who have the greatest capacity for light have an equal shadow. Yep. And so m- many times people who have d- deep spiritual insights will be on a roller coaster until they realize, oh, that's just the equal contrast mm-hmm. that comes with how much light you have and that's all okay yeah we're all made of all those facets Mm -hmm. and when you can welcome that in Mm -hmm. you won't perceive that that other people are a fraud you won't perceive that other people are judging you Mm -hmm. because you'll know that you're okay with all that is a part of your makeup and that's the same thing that everybody's going through. I mean, that's why we're here. We're in these, we're these like big, beautiful, divine lights and souls inside of these 3D constructs that have one aspect of us has this like limitation and one aspect has like this unlimited potential. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes the whole video game so freaking interesting. (laughs) As long as we know it's a video game, as long as we know it's a game. Yeah. And I, I align with you that it's really, it's about an inner game. It's not about trying to master it from the outside in because the outer world is a reflection right, sure. of what's really happening inside. Yeah. And I think most people, and myself included sometimes, can get confused or lost in thinking I need to shift it out there. And and ironically, it's like, you know, it's mirroring something inside of me. And like I hear you saying is we have all of the archetypes within us. And so rather than judging or blaming somebody else, it's like, what's that mirroring to me? Or how have I been that in another situation so that I no longer keep projecting or getting triggered? And then I can accept and embrace that part of me. So I feel more whole. Doesn't mean that I'm going to unconsciously act it out, but that's where I feel my power. And I, as I accept those parts of myself, I more naturally accept others, even if there's judgment of me or of something else that my ego wouldn't like. There's something else that's already free. Which is why it's all such a gift. Like whoever you're with is mm-hmm. the right person in this that's moment. Because right. it's such an honoring of whatever I'm seeing in you is the exact mirror slash contrast, which is also a mirror that I need to see so I can find my next rung of potential and vibration. Um it's interesting. I recently saw in my life, my mom, when I was growing up and still is, struggles with serious depression. And I started to notice that I had a threshold for joy mm. and that I would allow a certain amount of joy 
And then in order to feel like myself, to feel safe because of what was familiar, I would sort of find whatever I could find to become like a wet blanket for the joy Mm -hmm. because more joy felt unfamiliar and unsafe and unsafe. And so I started to realize how I would, I would keep myself in these, in this little prison. It's interesting. I know that a lot of people know the study about the elephants and how they tame elephants by putting ropes on their legs. And then when they bring them finally to the zoo, they don't even need to put the ropes on the legs because once the elephant has tried to go as far as it can in that perimeter, it stops trying. Mm -hmm. And then when they take the rope off, the elephant says, there's no reason to try because it's this learned helplessness. Mm -hmm. But there's another study, which people also maybe know, about these fleas in a jar where the fleas jump out of the jar. Then they put a lid on the jar. The fleas can't jump. They take the lid off. The fleas, just like the elephants, don't try to jump out anymore, even though there's no lid on because they've learned. However, what's different than the elephants, which is crazy, is when the fleas have babies, the babies won't jump out. Oh, wow. So they pass down the upper limit. They Mm -hmm. pass down Mm -hmm. the consciousness of this is how much of a threshold there is, Mm -hmm. which we don't even realize we've metabolized from the modeling of our parents or the modeling of whatever was. And so other people live these lives and we're like, how are they doing that? And it's like, for you, what feels possible or what feels like this is how much of reality exists for you mm-hmm. is here. Mm-hmm. And for somebody else, it might be here. Mm-hmm. And then you get to look at that and go, let me look at that again. Yep. How much of this is just me feeling so out of control if I were to add to how much is possible? Mm-hmm. And then when you realize that there is a buffet called All Things Possible right there <laughs> and you've been sitting here yep. on your own volition. Yeah. You have to reckon with that. Yeah. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. So some people just keep deciding that it doesn't even exist for them. Mm-hmm. Because then they don't have to answer for why they don't get up and go to the buffet. And give it a try. And just allow themselves to have it. Because yeah. joy can be terrifying because it's really being a receiver. When there is tremendous joy, there's very little ego. So the part of you that's trying to control gets very small when Mm -hmm. you're really joyful Mm -hmm. and for your nervous system that can be a very new experience Mm -hmm. and so you will limit the joy because it feels unsafe and vulnerable yeah and there and I think having examples of other people living beyond our own limitations and narrative shows us that it's possible shows that there's another way and also I think there's some like you know with our family or our community if they don't if you know, I've I've coached people where it's like they have these upper limits also with what they can do because they think that they'll be abandoned by their community. Oh my God. And so having a community that also supports it, I think is really healthy. I mean, I found four things that people need to create massive change in their life. They need they need transformational work. It's gotta be from the inside out. Yep. They also need a strategy that's aligned for them. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna be, it's gotta, you know, I'm I'm not here to work as uh any, any sort of like economics, you know, bookkeeping, none of that. The numbers are not my thing as much. So something that's aligned for us, but we also need to take personal responsibility because if we blame out there, then it's never going to happen. It's like, we're literally locking ourselves in a, in a room and throwing away the key, thinking that someone else or something else needs to be different. And then lastly, consistency. 
So I think community helps us be consistent. And I'm curious for you, what I know you you work with a lot of people around helping them really follow their passion. I'm imagining there's some common themes that people tell themselves that hold them back. What are some of those things that you see that are common to help people become more aware? So everything you just said is so nourishing and beautiful and uh, it, it's it's right on what you just said. Um, I think at the core core, um, people are afraid that they're either not enough or that yeah. they'll be abandoned. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> the amount of bandwidth that those two things take up is exhausting. That's right. Right. So this I'm not enough thing, what it winds up doing is it shows up as I don't know what I want. When mm-hmm. you do know, but you don't believe it's possible because you told yourself, you're not enough, so you can't have it. Yeah. That one's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then what you were alluding to, I hear all the time, which at the core of it is, I don't want to be abandoned. So what does that mean? I don't want to outgrow my husband. I don't want to mm-hmm. outgrow my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Jillian Michaels was telling me that she was working with this particular person on The Biggest Loser, which was the show she was on, helping people lose a lot of weight, which is obviously such a reflection of self-love. Mm-hmm. And she worked with this one guy and she said it was the only time that when they were filming it, they filmed it over the Christmas holidays. And so she said to the producer, this is a bad idea because if we don't shoot straight through and people go home for the holidays, they're going to go back to old habits. They're going to sabotage themselves. Like I can't afford to lose them for 10 days, you know, especially when people eat the most. Yeah. Sure enough, this guy had lost so much weight with her goes home. They made this deal like, you're not going to screw this up. You worked so hard. You're in such a different place Mm -hmm. now in the way you're identifying and how much you can receive. Mm -hmm. You're going to stay in this place. Mm -hmm. And he goes home and he comes back. And she said he had gained like 25% of the weight back in like 10 days. And she said, what happened? And he said, I don't know. And she's like, well, tell me something. What do you know? And he goes, and he started to cry. And he said, all I can tell you is when I got to my mother's door, and his mom is very obese. Yeah. She opened the door and he said, she looked at me like she was going to lose me mm. and she didn't know what, what happened. And I felt like I was abandoning her. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So in order to stay in that dynamic, he felt he had to keep choosing this behavior yeah. where he would abandon himself so that he could belong to her. Yeah. That makes me cry. I don't even know this guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we all do that. Mm-hmm. So... My friend Alex wrote this book called The Third Door. Do you know Alex yeah, and I? I do. Yeah. You'll see him tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, and I love what he says about The Third Door because I'll never forget this part. You know, he's like, The Third Door is the idea of like, you know, he interviewed Lady Gaga and Warren Buffett and Steven Spielberg. And the whole point is that like when there's a building, yes, there's a door and there's usually a line around the building waiting in the, in the line for the front door, but then there's a VIP line. Mm-hmm. And he goes, but there's always a third door, right? Those people who he interviewed, mm-hmm. those outliers always find a third door. And the most interesting part of it to me isn't even that, which that is very cool. And it's a cool metaphor. But the most interesting thing that he ever said to me was, the hardest part of finding the third door is not finding the third door because we all know that buildings have another entrance. And you can find it. He said, the hardest part of becoming that person is leaving the line for the first door. Mm. I love that Mm -hmm. because we will choose belonging over authenticity every single time. Mm -hmm. We have this 
primal need to belong. And yeah. so we won't recognize it, but we won't go beyond what the people around us are telling us mm-hmm. is safe mm-hmm. or okay. Mm-hmm. And so people have all this stuff around money or success and who you'd become if you mm-hmm. were to choose that mm-hmm. and what that would mean and who you would no longer belong to. And so they'll just keep choosing to belong, even though none of that even has any weight because it's all about energy, right? You can meet somebody who's extremely generous, who has no money. Mm -hmm. You can meet someone who's extremely generous and kind and a beautiful person who has tons of money, Mm -hmm. whose name is on every building for every house. It's so irrelevant. It's all an intention. It's all an energy. It's all in vibration. Mm -hmm. And yet we want to belong so badly because we don't fully belong to the collective consciousness yet. Mm -hmm. We don't fully belong to the oneness. We don't fully belong to the part of us that can never not be linked to the creator of the universe. And so therefore we make it mean so much. And so yes, those two things sabotage the hell out of everybody that I meet. And then they finally go, oh my God, I didn't recognize. You know, I was talking to this woman today who I was coaching and she was telling me she has these two different Instagram accounts, these two different profiles, one's for her art stuff, one's for her coaching side and this podcast side. And she goes, and what do I need to do? You know, I mean, if I choose this, these people might not get it. I'd, and I, I, I said to her, I mean, it's amazing how you'll pretzel yourself into situations and keep yourself from your expansion because you're trying to control how people perceive you. Yeah. And that's the only thing you can never, ever, ever control is how somebody else sees and focuses and vibrates and understands and perceives the world. And one thing I think it's really important for all of us to understand, and I shared this with her today, is that everybody's in a continuum, right, of their own vibe, where they're at, right, how they're vibrating, what they're seeing, what they're perceiving, how much energy they're metabolizing, how much energy they're offering. Mm -hmm. We're all on that different continuum. And there are people in this moment right now who are not willing to see you or hear you. And there are people who never will, Mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who are wherever they are and you're not for them because they're getting what they need from something else and someone else and you'll never cross paths and it's not meant to be and it's perfect the way that that is. And then there's one little segment of the world that is willing to hear you It is trending in your direction and you are the catalyst for what will bring them right back to a greater sense of their own divinity and their own expansion. And those are the only people that are in this particular walking each other home dance with you. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, why make all of this? Why why make choices that don't need to be made about what the people who you'll never convince think? Because it's not relevant to you. And so that. Oh my God, if you could let go of that, Mm -hmm. if everyone could let go Mm -hmm. of that, you could say what you wanted to say. You could charge what you want to charge. You could um, post what you want to post. You can text what you want to text. I mean, you're done. You're free. Yeah. 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 I know that's such a great uh, mental construct to hold because I think it gives people the seed of it's possible. And I know for myself, the ways that I've worked with the parts that care what people think has been to embrace that part of me, to really not abandon it so that I belong to someone else, but to really welcome that part home within me. And as I let that part be exactly as it is, that it's welcome to to care, to have the feelings. And as I feel that, then I start to feel more at home in myself. I start to abandon myself less. And if I get triggered by what other people think, it's really just a reflection that there's a wound inside of me that feels that way already. Otherwise I wouldn't have gotten so triggered. 
Yeah. You know, I may, it may not be my favorite thing to hear, but it's, it's not so, so, so much of a sting. And so how I integrate that is just to welcome these parts of myself yeah. to welcome them home. And you're right. I think it, the deeper, the deeper belonging is to the bigness of who we are beyond our conditioned self, beyond our egoic self. And it's so beautiful and important. Again, you, you, you said something like this a few minutes ago, and I love that you keep doing that just to be vulnerable and to name what is true for you as you've been in this mm-hmm. process, because we all need to know how, how much permission we have to embrace these parts yeah. of us. And I, boy, do I know what it feels like to be in seventh grade and maybe interested and open to the kinds of thoughts and ideas that made me be vulnerable and not as cool and mm-hmm. not as, uh, you know, in with the in crowd at that point. Mm-hmm. And it was so painful and so confusing. And I know that part of myself that then learned how to over function and overperform, and also in, in the, in another way, having two parents who fought all the time and a father who left and, wanting to be helpful and useful and pleasing so that I would have some relationship that worked for them, Mm -hmm. which meant I would just abandon myself to take care of them and therefore I would be useful. So then all of a sudden I could be relevant. Otherwise, what was the point? So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I've, I've definitely learned how to abandon myself and I'm pretty darn great at it when I want to be. And that's a really scary tool to have. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I think what you just talked about is loving that part of you, which for so long, like served you was the only way that you could get through that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think, I think having an understanding mentally is really important. I think meeting these parts of ourselves emotionally is really important. Yeah. I also love somatic work. I used to be a somatic psychotherapist. So like, we don't even need to know the story about what happened to learn how to integrate it into our nervous system, but really, and there's many other levels, but I really love the power of acceptance. So it's not really about changing ourselves. It's about loving ourselves, accepting ourselves. And in that we feel our bigness bigger than our egoic self and ego not being bad. It's only the ego judges ego. Um, But to really welcome these parts of ourselves to integrate. And as we do that, we feel who we are beyond it. And from there, get to create a life that is much more in alignment, that's authentic, that's easeful. We feel more of that that gratitude that comes forward. And I talk about, I think there's so, I love, you know, just on our hike, just hearing your story. I was like, yeah, me too. And just so many parallels of things that we've gone through in our upbringing Mm -hmm. and how that's kind of created who and how we are today. I think a lot of our childhood does that. Um, Is there a journey that you are some moment in your childhood that's really influenced or even a challenge that you've had in your current life and how you've overcome it in support of just something that's like practical and actionable that people can use some of your wisdom? I mean, there's so many of those things um, that I become more and more aware of as I'm willing to see what Mm -hmm. I wasn't willing to see before. Right. So there's so many of those things. I think that what we were just talking about me being only valuable in so much as how I can be there. I think what I, what I learned is that love was earned Mm -hmm. and love by definition, by definition, love is grace. Love is a gift. Mm -hmm. 
if it's earned, it's a transaction. Yeah. Right. And so I think for so many of us, unfortunately, um, that was the way we were raised. And so we were raised to be good, mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. And the, the first time I heard the Mary Oliver poem, Wild Geese, instantaneously started bawling because the first sentence is, you don't have to be good. And the second sentence is, you don't have to walk on your knees for miles in the desert. And I thought, how many people do I know who feel they have to be so good? Mm-hmm. And you are good. Mm-hmm. So that's so cruel almost because what it's telling you is be a good girl, which really is, since you're already innately good, mm-hmm. what that means is don't need too much, mm-hmm. don't want too much, and don't dream too far. Mm-hmm. Just be good. And so then you learn what's off limits and you learn how to be pleasing and you're slowly like dying inside. Yeah. And so I've had to look at, oh my God, what would it feel like in this moment? Could I be safe? if I was just true to myself and not over-functioning right now? What if I said no? Mm. What if I said, let me think about it? What if I took myself and and had a bath or took a nap? Mm. What would that mean, right? And I think so many women, so beautifully so, are really drawn to self-development and the spiritual work, which is so awesome. Mm -hmm. And... So many women are so hard on themselves. Yeah. And there's this innate feeling of not only do you need to be good, but now in the generation that we live in, which is awesome, how much new life has sprouted for women to be able to multi-hyphen, multi-dimension, multi-take on. You can be a wife, you can be a mother, you can be, you, you could not be a mother, you can be a business CEO, you could, you could, so now there's this. I not, not only have to be good at it, mm-hmm. I have to be good at all of it. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to be really good at all of it? And it's um, such a recipe for disaster when there's that level of pressure from the outside in versus what would be a better question to ask other than how do I be so good at this? How could this feel the best? How could I allow this the most? How could I create the most ease in this Mm. and boom now you're right back in your power again right and that's where all your magic is anyway Mm -hmm. right it's in modeling for yourself and for your fellow women and men like what does it look like Mm -hmm. to go back to whatever is here is is and it's all good, and it's all enough. And how do you know we're so codependent as women? I'm generalizing, but it's really true for the most part. That it's like, how do you know that you on your worst day is not exactly actually what someone else needs? How do you know that you're triggering someone isn't actually <laughs> exactly the medicine they needed? Mm-hmm. But no, what you do instead is try to take the temperature of every single person all of the time. Mm-hmm. And go above and beyond Mm -hmm. 
and now you're exhausted and now you don't have a belonging to self and now how do you really potently serve the world? So all of that yeah. is my, that was like a huge giant fixing for me and it's all about my parent. ultimately was started my parents. And I love your awareness around that to say, oh, I was taught to be a good girl and I thought that yeah. good meant pleasing my parents or helping my parents. Right. And so then learning that, then we learn to conform and please and perfect. Yeah. And that is exhausting. But without that awareness of, oh, that was innocent. I didn't know any better. And even whether my parents said that or not, that was the program, the, the assignment I got. And so I'm still doing that. And the exhaustion, I think, is a divine design to help wake us up to, oh, wait, there's another way because, and it wakes us up to our inherent goodness. Yeah. And as we wake up to the goodness of who and what we are before we try to prove it or earn it in the world, that's the game changer. That's the the inner game that kind of wakes us beyond that programming. And then we can live that authentic truth. Yeah. And sometimes we do it and sometimes we forget and we're gentle with ourselves in, in the process. I mean, we live in this culture where being gentle with yourself <laughs> has like flown out the window because everybody is achieving all the time. Yeah. It, it's insane. Like we probably have her as a mutual friend. I don't know that we've talked about her, but Kate Northrup is mm -hmm. a friend, right? Mm -hmm. And I love when she says in uh, in her book, Do Less, she talks about how anyone who's ever worked the ground, a farmer, anybody who's ever worked with gardens knows that you don't rip something from the ground every day. You allow it to compost and you allow there to be days mm -hmm. of just the the soil and the wind and the rain and the stars and everything just allowing and allowing and allowing. And then there's a season called the harvest. What's happened now is that you're only as good as the last thing you posted on Instagram that you could celebrate. Mm -hmm. So we started to define ourselves by these checkpoints. And so we forget that the checkpoint is again, how much access do you have to the Wi-Fi in the now mm -hmm. period? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, how much can you in this moment feel your way into this infinite field? I love that you keep offering that as a through line. And I feel like I want to just ride on that a bit because my path or my go-to, and I love manifestation and affirmations, sure. we'll talk about that. And I think some of, and I think again, holding both equally, that's what feels true in my heart. But I'm noticing that I'll lean more towards, like I've used Instagram as a path, as a spiritual practice to look at what are the thoughts that these images are reflecting so that I can use that to get free, you know, questioning my cool. thoughts. And I think that's great. Um, mm -hmm. And I also love tapping into the field and, and we'll talk about that. Um, one of the things that, you know, using Instagram as a path towards freedom. The other thing I wanted to mention was the inner critic, you know, in my, I used to have a fierce inner critic mm, a lot. I mean, I used so to painful. listen to um, CDs in my car just to drown it out. I could, didn't know how to manage uh, it before. So I would just play something, learn something, distract. And then I started learning about questioning my thinking, which is a core practice. I think mm -hmm. we both resonate with um, which has been really helpful and really life-changing. But I've noticed that the critic is really looking for compassion, oh, whether sure. within my own mind yeah. or, you know, externally. Sure. And so it's like when I can, when I can offer myself compassion and like you were mentioning the witness of the mind, yeah. which I think goes beyond affirmation. I think affirmations are great to support people that have 
they're fun. Like if we're telling, we're making up a story, why not win in our own fantasy? Yeah. And so when we go towards fear, lack, separation, worry, using an affirmation can be helpful um, to reprogram. I think it's also great after you've done the excavation yeah. to reprogram. And and I and I love you know I think we but I love that you keep inviting more of the like feeling into the limitlessness of now. And I want to just play with that a little bit more yeah. in my own life because the shadow work is helpful, but also the joy, like, yes. And, yeah. and when I, you know, I think a lot of people think about manifestation in lots of different ways and we very much align with it. Yes. And I remember I, you asked me like, what do you really mean by it? And you're like, good. Yes. Yes. yes I can. Yes. yes. And then I can, I can underline it yeah. too. Yeah. Will you, will you articulate yeah. it? Will you share how you hold manifestation? Yeah, totally. Um, I, I mentioned before that I learned um, and have become very, very close with Rabbi David Aaron, who um, I learned with him uh, like once a week and I lived there for three years. So for the last 20 something years, 23, 24 years, he's been a very big part of my life. And so he taught me, he taught me what it was to manifest. And so I'll just share with you what I shared with you on the hike. Um, so the word Kabbalah, mm-hmm. right? Um, actually that word itself, Likabel, it means to receive. So the entire fundamental um, point of of being here in this world is to have radical reception. Mm -hmm. Like that is, if there's a video game, which there is Mm -hmm. very much indeed a video game, there's only two buttons in the video game, which is either resistance or reception. Mm. And so the whole path is to become like a lightning rod yourself. What does a lightning rod do? It, It allows itself to to um to receive a frequency mm-hmm. right and then it brings it down brings it down and into the world mm-hmm. right that's what electricity is doing it's receiving a frequency and then giving it out mm-hmm. what is the heart doing the heart is pumping in and pumping out blood what does the infinity sign do it it takes in and goes out and takes in and goes out and we are vehicles for the capacity for radical reception so the way he explained this to me when i was 20 years old is that we are each like a radio and that life works like a radio. And and how does that make sense? Well, it's actually such a brilliant metaphor. If I were to have a radio right here in the right now, which I very much could, this isn't a metaphor, this is true, I would put the radio here and then I could turn it on. And another word for radio is a receiver. So I could turn on this radio receiver and depending on where the radio is tuned, I could hear a baseball game, I could listen to pop music on Kiss FM. I could listen to hip hop. I could listen to salsa. And all that I'm doing in order to actually very literally hear different music is I'm tuning the receiver to a different station. And so what's important about that in regards to manifestation is the receiver is hearing, is playing, is having the actual literal experience of whatever music it's tuned to. Mm -hmm. Why is that like us? Well, people tend to think that the music's happening to you, right? Versus you're tuned to a certain station. That's what you're available for. Mm -hmm. And that is what will be here. It's a hologram, right? The, The reality that you believe you're observing you're creating as it is a echo and as it is a it is is a mirror image of wherever you're tuned because everything is vibration Mm -hmm. everything is about what is your capacity for expansion what is your capacity for reception so 
we can be, and we were designed to be master manifestors. We came to the world to learn how to play with and perceive and experience energy. And so how do we then tune? Well, we have to go beyond the amygdala. There's no magnet there. That's the fight or flight. That's the ego, right? When we're in coherence, when we're in open heart, we're in, re we're in receptivity. All of a sudden now our energetic is getting more potent. There's less static on the radio. There's a better clear signal. And then we move through different songs. And how did I meet you? Because we very much were tuned to the same station. Mm -hmm. That's how we met. That's mm -hmm. how I met Kate. That's how I met Emily, right? Mm -hmm. How did I wind up in LA living in the, it's whatever station you're on. And that's when people say you're on the same wavelength. You really, really are. Yeah. Um, so that to me is very, very cool. And the thing you said about being in the moment before, which I just want to play with, because you said you keep going back to it. I want to explain. So what the Kabbalah teaches, and I mean, the Kabbalah was written thousands of years ago, which is fascinating because it's much more recently that scientists know that there was a big bang. Mm. But there was a time where people didn't know that. There was a time where people assumed that there was always a thing called the universe. Now they know unequivocally that there was a beginning to time. Mm. But people didn't know that before. Well, what's fascinating is before we had MIT and before we had any kind of telescopes or instruments, in the Kabbalah, it's written that there was a big bang. That's, first of all, that's crazy that it says it and says it in such detail, unless, of course, this is a divinely downloaded insight, okay? But what it explains is that there was a time when all there was was endless light, which is God, which is source, which is this infinite field. And then this infinite light wanted to create. And so it shattered into zillions of pieces and created from it all these different vessels for the light. And Rabbi Aaron explains that we are each a masterpiece because we're a piece of the master. We're a piece of that infinite, endless light. And that's what consciousness, that's what God is, this infinite light. That's from a Kabbalistic standpoint, mm -hmm. okay? So I go back to that all the time because Rabbi Aaron would say, if God was the sun, we're each a ray of that light. Mm. In that place... In that perceiving, in that knowing, in that tuning, you are in the now and you are in joy. Whenever you're separate from that perception, you're in pain. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like the further away you are from yourself, the more you hurt. Yes. Yeah. And I like to say to people, to piggyback on it, that everybody wants to be in the right place at the right time. And the right place at the right time is always the present moment. That's right. And when we feel separate from that which we are, which is a masterpiece, a piece of the master, when we feel separate from the ecosystem, mm -hmm. separate from mm -hmm. the infinite source, separate from our own signal, Wi-Fi router, we don't feel like we can turn the music. We feel so separate from the music. Everything's at a distance. When we're in that place, we can't be present. 
because everything's in the future. And what most people are doing is they don't, not only do they not live the present, but they don't get to the future because what they do is they, and you know this, they replay the past and project it on the future. Yeah. So there's no present and there's no future. There's only the past because you're constantly trying to protect yourself from what already was. And so you just project it over and over again. And really all potentials exist, but they only exist in the present moment. And if you've ever been present, whether you were walking on the beach and you just couldn't help it, you just became so present or you were having a moment with someone and there was so much space to be really seen, Mm -hmm. you dropped in. Mm -hmm. In those moments, you no longer have any questions because the only question you ever have is how do I get back to this present now Mm -hmm. experience? And when you're in it, you're back in the stream. Yeah. And I love that you opened such a more well-rounded perspective of manifestation because then it's not about trying to manifest something in the future and feeling inadequate or lacking of something now. And everything is a doorway into a deeper dimension of our being if we go there, even the things that are quote unquote bad. And really anything that we think was bad in the past, we will fear and project it into the future. And so by doing the work to clear the misunderstandings from the past, we live more present, we live more productive. Mm -hmm. And I talk about egoic manifestation and essence manifestation and not ego as bad. You know, ego is a stage of our development. I think we need healthy, integrated egos. Yeah. And only the ego judges the ego. But ego manifestation is really from the outside in, thinking that our goals will make us happy, but that leaves us feeling frustrated, disappointed, trying to manipulate life. Whereas what you're speaking of is essence manifestation and how I hold it, which is that it's already here now. And we can use the mind that can sometimes get confused to wake up to the deeper gift of what is already here so that we can experience it, not then, but now. And, and so helping us have practices for when we get confused or get caught in the narrative of the collective, I think is really help is powerful. I would love to share with you a manifestation practice that I share with students in my certification program. And just to help give a practical thing to feel into the energy of it. And people can use this at home. So What this looks like is you start sharing, you know how people do scripting where they're writing the movie of their life. Yeah. So you start speaking it into existence now, whatever it is that you want to embody or experience more of now. So something that you are manifesting, which we know is a deeper dimension of what's already here. So to say something like, I'm waking up in my partner's arms and I feel so safe and I smell the coffee that he's making for me in the other room or whatever the vision is. And then I, you'll start for a few seconds and then I'll jump in to elevate your vision. And then we can either bounce back and forth or that'll just be one round of it. But this is like you starting just to use your senses, use the feeling and to really embody it in this moment. I love it. And I love your suggestion too. Not that you did that on purpose, but I feel like one of the things to say to you as such a, um, just an acknowledgement is how beautifully you show up and how much feminine, just yummy, delightful, um, expanding energy you bring and how I see that in your relationship. And I acknowledge when we were on our hike how I just admire and 
feel so healed knowing mm. it exists. It, it creates a possibility. And so I love what you just said. So I'm going to riff on that. Yay, good. Um, so I am waking up feeling so much partnership, feeling so healed and held and such intimacy, deep intimacy in a partnership that is um, really fostering the magic and the growth in both of us. I just see the way he looks at you and loves you so deeply. Like I know all of our friends are talking about how it's up-leveled what was possible in relationship, the way you guys have reverence for each other. You honor your spiritual practice and you use your relationship as a vehicle for awakening. It's beautiful. And I love this exercise. I totally <laughs> get what you're doing. Yes. Um, I should keep going. Yeah, let's keep going. So much fun. Um, and I love that I've allowed myself to be fully in receptive mode and that I'm not pushing away opportunities to feel really good sexually and to feel really integrated. And I love that I don't have walls up anymore and I'm just enjoying being so in flow and bare feet in the ground, in the yard, in my space, creating sanctuary yeah. for myself as an individual and also to inhabit inside of the relationship. It's beautiful. I mean, your home is such a reflection of your inner sanctuary and your kids, your girls are running around. And I love to see how at home they feel and how you make everyone feel at home in your space. I I can feel a deeper level of freedom just being in your presence because you are so comfortable in yourself. I love it. <laughs> and so you can, it's like, this is something to like play with, right? Because in relationship, we can go down the worst case scenario thinking we can, or we can use this type of work to elevate, you know, and remind ourselves of everything we want in the goal is yeah. already here. Because even if you check in, you already feel it. I said something the other day, and I'm sure other people have said this because it's so good and it came in as a download, but it's something that probably other people have said, but I, I said it and I posted it on Instagram and I said, you can have everything you want as long as you're willing. This is hard. You have to, you have to be willing to let go of the belief that you can't have it. That's right. And it's fascinating to me personally because... I have never carried a belief that I can't have purpose in my work, deep, meaningful, fun, ease and connection and flow in friendships mm -hmm. and in uh, opportunities to shine my light or to, to, to hold and mirror other people's light. It's like that feels so here and so possible and so it is and so it is. Yep. Same thing with having access to fun and abundance and giving money and receiving it and playing with it and not even worrying about it or budgeting or having no concept of that, just being in flow and overflow. No problems there. It's fascinating. And yet in my intimate partnership, mm -hmm. when I'm honest with myself, I do not believe it's possible mm -hmm. in this particular relationship for me to be held and seen and viewed and all that stuff. And so what do I keep doing? I just keep creating yeah. that, which is a mirror of that. And my husband goes into this place where it's very crazy making for him. Mm -hmm. And then I really show him how, how much 
you know, is lacking rather than what is possible, what we can breathe mm-hmm. into, what we can. I'm such a master manifester that yeah. it's almost like, why would I do that? It's like I saw recently I did this work on my parents, my mom, my grandmother, my grandfather, all these different patterns. And I just started to see how the women in my my family of origin just passed down a level of self-punishment almost mm-hmm. in pushing away. Mm-hmm. And there's some feeling of control there. And I will notice that if I have some great big crescendo of career success, that's a great time for my ego to go, great, let's um, let's make a real mess over here uh-huh. in the relationship. Uh-huh. It's like the flea. It's like keeping that? it's keeping oh, with the jumping with the jumping out of the you yeah, know having it that. passed down through generations. Yeah. But I also think when we do an exercise that highlights what's possible, all of the parts of us that don't think that it's true yeah. come up. And so I love that you said you see that it's possible and then the next one is it's possible for me. And so we always have if we can move through that the misunderstandings that we have inherited from our whatever our conditioned, you know, our family programming, our collective unconscious, then we can break through that and allow ourselves to receive it more easily. But even tonight, I'm going to be working with my husband around, there's an, I feel so clear in my relationship and I project it sometimes onto work. And so we, there's usually one area that we are working through, but there's a deeper level of intimacy I can go with him. And I'm going to work it tonight to presence the part that of any of the conditioning I bought in from my mom and maybe those generations to breathe into and break free of whatever subconscious beliefs that are there for further intimacy. It it's doesn't so have to end. to hear those words and to just know that you exist and that there's couples out there who are so willing to have this radical transparency mm-hmm. with what they're willing to see in themselves and in each other and to have such compassion mm-hmm. as we move through all of this. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So grateful that you exist. Same. And we are mirrors for each <laughs> other and we can take our codes in different areas and keep yeah. combing through and so we can continue to live more open-hearted, more open-minded. Yeah. And I love you and I want to talk to you forever. And I would love to hear just in parting, if there's one message you have for the world, what would you share? I would share that you are here to create. You're here to turn thoughts into things that your deep satisfaction is in a expanded view of consciousness and that the more you're able to perceive more that is already here, it will be revealed on a 3D level. Mm -hmm. And no matter what you create, your favorite part is that creating and taking a thought and turning it into an actual experience. And so you have so much in you that the world wants to receive from your point of creation. And so I would just encourage the playing with that and playing with how much more you can widen the aperture so that you can get your hands into the clay that is moving consciousness, moving energy into what you specifically are needed to add to the tapestry. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for being here. And so happy to be here. Where can people find you? You can find, um, I have a podcast. Yes, you do. Um, Kathy Heller, Manifest with Kathy Heller. And then I have an Instagram. It's so funny, even as we have this conversation, that I say my name out loud and I'm like, wow, there's like so much that's here. And then we say our names (laughs) and there's so much just innate separation and confusion like when we go into these avatars and so I just (laughs) as we're having this incredible like tantric like dance in this place of real vibration and real expansion it's like and then I say the name of something and I go wow it's amazing how we can perceive and we can be so held apart I have a name and I'm beyond my name exactly I hope that whatever people come to I guess the point is it's never like a look at me, but it's like, come with me. And how Mm -hmm. can we together be what we need to walk each other to where we need to go? That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're so good at this. And it's so much fun to be on your show. I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for doing this work that changes the world, starting with yourself. It truly does make a difference. And if you're finding value in this podcast, a cost-free way to support us is by leaving an up to five-star review. It does mean the world to us. And as a thank you gift, we're going to send you one of the most powerful tools that you will ever discover. You're going to get behind the scenes access, showing you how to live into your full potential without letting fear hold you back from stepping into your dreams. Just head over to Apple Podcast or Spotify and leave a review now. You can take a screenshot before hitting submit and then go to alissanobriga.com forward slash podcast to upload it. And make sure to have your automatic downloads turned on wherever you listen so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. I have so much magic I can't wait to share with you. And you can find all this information in the show notes below. But lastly, if you're on Instagram, I love connecting and hearing from you. So come on over and say hello. I'm at alissanobriga. Thank you again for being here. I cannot wait to share more with you.